Amen. Amen. So go right ahead. You can fill out your envelopes. Uh, the ushers will come by in just a moment. Amen? Amen. You glad you're here tonight? Yes. Amen. So, did anybody make any dinner reservations tonight? I would get on your phone. Push it. We're starting a new series this weekend. How many love to study the Word of God? The rest of you are not there. How many love to study the Word of God? The Word of God is life to us. It's bread to us. It's water for our thirsty souls. Amen? So, we're going to start a new series on the subject of faith. Would you say that word, please? Faith. Now this, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be real transparent. This snuck up on me. I was preparing to start a series on the, on the topic of worship, and I had no peace with that. No peace with that. I was like, um, and all of a sudden, I started feeling like the Holy Spirit started downloading different statements about faith. And faith, because you and I have to realize we're in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Let me try on this side. We're in the kingdom of God. Amen. And the kingdom of God operates by faith. Okay? You receive salvation by faith. Everything we receive from God is by faith. Remember this, okay? We have faith. He has grace. He wants our faith. We need his grace, okay? That's how the economy works. That's how things operate here. So we're going to be, for the next four weeks, we're going to be studying this topic of faith. Why is it necessary? I'll tell you why it's necessary. Because, and, and the title of this thing is Faith for Today, or we could say Everyday Faith, because our days are filled with choices, are filled with temptations, are filled with challenges. We get to experience some victories, joys, but we also get to experience some sorrows, yes or no? We have ups and we have downs, but being people of faith, how are we going to respond? Are we going to entertain the mindset like the majority of people? who believe that God is too busy for my everyday challenges. I love when somebody asks us to pray, and they go, well, even if God answers half of my prayer, I know God's busy. He's God. He can, he can get a lot. He knows how to multitask. Why do we have this religious mindset, this poor old, weak old worm in the dust, I'm, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. He, is, he has a plan to redeem the entire world. He's not too busy for you. Amen? Amen. Do, we, do, we really, do we really understand that the creator of the universe is mindful and aware of every situation we face every day? Every day. Would you say that, please? Every day. How many people realize every day you're facing something? Just a few people over here. The rest of us are like... How many of you know, you realize you've lived long enough to realize every day is possible for some challenge to make it, to present itself? Yes. So we need faith every day. Not just when big crisis is come. Big crisis comes and it's natural for us. We just jump in. We get, we stir up our faith. But what about the little things? Did you ever notice the big things, it seems like, the big things get taken care of quickly. It's the little gnawing things that wear us down. 
Is it just me or what? It's the little gnawing thing. It's the little, the Bible says in Proverbs, it's the little foxes that eat up the vines. It's the little things that, that eat your lunch. It's the little things that keep you awake at night. It's the little things that cause you to get frustrated. So we need to have faith for the little things. And that's where, that's where the enemy of our soul comes from. Don't bother God with that. He's not interested in that. And just suck it up and just tolerate. No, he's very much interested in the little things. And we're, we're going to talk about that in the scripture. So we're going to take the next few weeks to learn about faith. The very force that God has deposited in us to help us overcome the adversities of everyday life. And look, let's realize this, that the Bible is a book that's full of real-life people facing real-life challenges. These are real people. When those challenges were presented to God in prayer, God releases a miracle, or God releases a principle. God releases a promise, which becomes a tool for future generations. We are acting upon, when we move in faith and live in faith and and, uh, on everyday faith, we're acting on the precedence of what God has set in his word. How he handled situations in the past is how he's going to handle situations today. Amen? Amen. People say, well, you never know how God's going to react. No, we know how God's going to react. He's already shown us in his word. We already know how he's going to handle things. Oh, it's a great mystery. No, there's no mystery about it. The mystery is that you haven't gone in and read to find out how does he respond to these situations. That's the mystery, amen? Amen. So, now, I know this is a tough one to swallow, but but, uh, uh, just consider this for me, please. There is never going to be a time in our lives on planet Earth that we do not need any faith. Faith is the way the kingdom operates. Understand that. Stop trying to attain something from God by doing your good deeds. He doesn't need good deeds. He needs our faith. Are you listening to me? I hope you're understanding this. I hope you're grasping it because it'll set you free. Religion teaches us to get God's attention by doing things. Anybody could do things, but it's, it's our faith that is so precious to God. He wants our faith over and over again. To my knowledge, at least four times, four times, I hit five up, four times in Scripture that we see this phrase over and over again. The just shall live by faith. In fact, I think it's in the book of Habakkuk, the the prophet Habakkuk. He says, God says, my just ones shall live by their faith. That's an important thing. Are you getting this? That means if we want to get God's attention, then stop doing things and start believing God. Start believing what he says. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but there's a statement that I heard recently that just, just floored me. Perfect, very simple definition of faith. Faith. Faith is our response to what God already said. I'm going to say it again because you need to get that. Faith is our response to what God has already said. God said to Abram, Genesis chapter 12, I want you to leave your country, leave your family, leave everything that's familiar to you, and go to a place 
that you know not. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. Uh, all, this, all the world is going to be blessed through you. When, when Abram picked up and left where he was and began to travel towards what we would call today Israel, promised land, he was responding to what God already said. Yes or no? Yes. It's no different with you and I. When we come across the promises of God, especially as it, as it pertains to a specific area of our life, when we act on that, we are responding to what God has already said he's going to do about that situation. Yes or no? In Exodus chapter 15, I believe it is, or chapter 16, God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals you. He said, if you listen to me, if you follow my commands, if you follow my leadings, I will not permit any diseases to come upon you that I permitted to come upon the Egyptians. Are you listening to me? We'll talk about it some more in the future. Again, Faith is, don't don't make faith difficult. Do not make it complicated. Faith is our response to what God has already said. Are you getting this? There's no need for you to go look for something different that God's going to say. He's not going to say anything different than what he's already said that's found within the word of God. Yes or no? Okay. So, so when we see the promise that says, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, then when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are taking a step of what? Because that is our response to what he's already said. He already said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. You getting this? It's easy. Don't make it difficult. Faith is easy. Okay? Now, let's go to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to Moses, keep going, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have bread, all the bread you want. Then you will know... Look, look, you see why he does things? What You see why he does things? Okay. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. You got this? Uh, Are you getting this? Now, verse 13. What did he say was going to happen? They were going to have all the meat that they wanted, right? That evening, vast numbers of quail. Do you know what quail is? Quail is these little birds. Vast numbers, vast numbers, vast numbers is more than a couple, right? Vast numbers of quail did what? They flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. So we see now he's providing meat, okay? And he's going to provide bread because God knows how to get us the things we need when we will trust him. Are you guys asleep on me tonight? God knows how to get the things to you that you need when you trust him. 
what does that mean? When we have faith in him, he knows how to get the thing. He knew, he knew where the quail were. He didn't create the quail right there. He didn't pick up the dust of the earth and blow into it and make birds. He knew they're flying around. And he knew how to direct them to where they needed to be. Yes or no? Because the people decided to do what? Trust him. Well, what is trust? Isn't trust synonymous with faith? Of course. Of course. Verse 14. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. And they said, what is it? Mana. What is it? Manna wasn't the brand of the bread. <laughs> Manna is, what is it? They're like, what is it? Manna. What is it? Okay? Are you, are you following me? I know you guys know the story, but you, you follow me here. And they asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. Look at this now. These are the Lord's instructions. Let's stop right there for a minute. These are the Lord's instructions. Listen to me. Would you look at me, please? Look at me, please. When we pray, we don't get the thing. We get instruction. I'll say it again. Because some people are missing out on their need met because I think it's going to come, like, you know, you, you know, you see the old movies when they go, people go to hotels and they have room service and they bring the big silver thing and the platter. And, and we think that's the way it's going to come. No, when we pray, he gives us instructions. Okay? Why? Because it takes faith to operate the instructions. And it takes obedience to follow the instructions. Oh, my God. Would you grab this, please? Faith and obedience are tied together. You can't say that you have faith in God and then not follow the instructions. All right, I'm going to keep going. Here's the instructions. These are Lord's instructions, verse 16. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. How many quarts? How many people need to do it? Each. Each household. Each household. That means every individual in Israel had to obey. Are you listening? Nobody, you sat in the tent. You know what this means in Italian? <laughs> if you sat in the tent, well, I, don't, I just don't understand why God's not meeting my needs. Did you get out of the tent? I'm getting ahead of myself. Did you get up and get out of the tent? Or did you lay in bed and expect you to bring your bre breakfast in bed? Look at verse 17. This is good news. 
So the people of Israel did as they were told. What did they do? They followed the instructions. And when we follow the instructions, we get blessed. Amen? Amen. And we tap into the provision. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Verse 17. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who had gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Let me, let me add to this. Each family that got out of the tent got just what they needed. Turn to somebody and say, get out of the tent. Verse 19, more instruction, more instruction. Watch this now. Because let's face it, it wasn't going to take long for people to figure out, well, I'll just get double so I don't have to get up early tomorrow morning. (laughs) But this faith is an everyday faith. Every day, every day. Verse 19. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until the morning. But some of them didn't listen. Could you imagine? You, could you imagine there's people that don't listen to God? <laughs> Have you ever heard of such a thing? That there's people that didn't follow instructions? Oh, my Lord. So Moses said to them, do not keep any of it until the morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. Yeah, I would have been angry with them too. I got to smell this stuff because you couldn't follow instructions. Verse 21. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning. I'll say it again. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning. That's each day, right? Each family according to its need, and as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. So that tells me that there is a window, oh my gosh, there is a window of opportunity for you to move in faith. And if you miss the window of opportunity, are you getting this? So watch this now. So we see that every day the people had to get up, they had to get out of their tents, they had to gather up the manna. It took faith every day. They had to believe that when they went outside their tents, God's provision would be waiting for them to to gather it. Here it is. Listen to this. This is good. The purpose of the manna was to provide nourishment. Yes or no? But the method of delivery was to establish trust and dependence on God. Not only was he interested in feeding them, he was more interested in developing their faith. And when you and I have instructions from God, we need to walk in obedience. God wants his people to develop everyday faith. Why? Because every day we have trials. Every day we have tribulation. Every day we have challenges. Every day we're facing adversity. Yes or no? Manna in the desert is symbolic of everyday needs. And just as I had to gather it every day, we need to develop everyday faith in our God. Listen to Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord, 
who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Who does what? Daily. 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 What's daily? Every day. He does what? Loads us up with benefits. Like the manna every day, we need to have an expectation to, to receive it, to gather up his mercies, to gather every day to receive his daily blessings. Now, when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach how to pray, he did. You guys know the prayer. Matthew 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the next one? You know it. Give us this day our what? Give me the whole week's worth, Lord. He doesn't show up with a dump truck. And honestly, we don't need dump truck faith. We need everyday faith. Everyday faith. You want to know why? Because everyday faith causes us to live an everyday lifestyle of trust in God. When we get used to living an everyday lifestyle of trust in God, when big stuff comes, it doesn't move us. It doesn't shake us. We don't break down. We stand strong. Why? Because yesterday, yesterday, God met my needs. The day before, God met my needs. The week before, God met my needs. The month before, God met my needs. What makes me think now today, he's not going to meet my needs? Why? Because Psalm 68 says, blessed be the Lord God, who daily loads me up with blessings. Hallelujah. Now, this is the most practical kind of faith that we can develop. And understand that it is developed over time. That's why he had them come out of the tent every morning, except for the Sabbath. The Sabbath. On the Sabbath, on Friday, he allowed them to gather twice the amount, and it didn't stink, it didn't rot, no matter how hot it got. Why? So that they could rest the next day. Are you listening? You know, we all need to have a Sabbath. We all need to have a Sabbath. Look, I know what I'm talking about. Being in the restaurant business for so many years, working seven days a week, sometimes 16, 18 hours a day, I broke that principle for many years. And we suffered for it. Not only did I suffer from it, my wife, my children suffered for it. You need to have... You know, but I come from that immigrant background. You got to work hard. 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 Never understanding until they came to that point of being able to trust God. I'll never forget. I said to my wife one day, we're shutting down the restaurant on Sundays. I don't care what happens. I finally, I finally got to the place where my faith had developed to the point. I said, dear, if God can't sustain us in this, then we don't need to be in this business. You listening to me? Yes. You've got to have a Sabbath rest. Yes. It, does it have to be Saturday? It doesn't have to be Saturday. But have a day of rest 
for us in the ministry here? The weekends are work days. It's my work. So thank God we get the opportunity. The office is shut down on Monday. Monday's our Sabbath. We try to anyway. <laughs> There's other people in the, in the, on staff here. They have other days throughout the week that they might be off on, a, on, a, on another alternate day, you know, because the needs of the ministry keep going. But you have to observe some type of Sabbath. You need rest. God knows that. He made us this way. So don't keep pressing through and pressing through and pressing through and pressing through. So, all right, I'll move on. Nobody wants to hear that. So. <laughs> but the fact is our faith is developed over time. It's, it's not possible to grow faith without the word of God. Are, are, listen, are, we're recording this, Chris? Because I got to stay up here, right? Okay. No, because I feel like I want to make this point so strongly. It is impossible for you to develop faith apart from the Word of God. The Word of God has built within it the ability to create faith in us. Well, look at it even in a common sense way. How could you develop trust in God if you don't know what He said He's going to do for you? If you don't know what He said, how are you going to have faith? We have faith in what people say to us that they're going to do. And, and we let each other down sometimes. But God never lets us down. God never fails us. If he said he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Amen. Might not happen today, might not happen tomorrow, but it's going to come to pass. Amen. And everybody said? Amen. It's going to happen. That, that's what amen means. So be it. I agree with this. Amen? We toss that word around. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Amen. Do we realize what we're even saying? So, now watch. The apostles and the early Christians didn't wake up one day and decide, I'm going to have the kind of faith that would sustain me in the middle of all the hellish persecution the Roman Empire can throw at me. Now, that faith started early on with the everyday little things, the small things. The faith it took to enter an arena full of man-eating beasts was theirs because they were convinced that Jesus had raised from the dead. How did they get to that point? How did the apostles get, get to go to the horrific deaths without fear, full of faith in God? Because Peter and John saw something that didn't mean a thing to us, but it was a big deal to them. I want to talk specifically about the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John. You listening to me? Yes. They had an experience that the other disciples did not have. Peter, his life completely changes after the resurrection. He's not the Simon from before, the Shimon from before. Okay, shaky. He's Petros, the, the rock. Why? Because he and John experienced something that the other disciples did not experience to that extent. They had their own experiences. I, I forgot to bring that up with me. Can you, can you give me that? that? Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Say little things. little things. Say it again. 
It's the little things that mean a lot to us sometimes. I have seen in my own life that God has made the biggest impact in my life personally through the little things, not the big things. John chapter 20, verse 3. This is the day they discovered that the tomb was empty. I'm talking about the little things. Verse 3. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. Where are they going? Who do they expect to see in the tomb? So they both ran together, and the other disciple, who we know was John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he's, he, John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Why did he not go in? Because he's younger than Peter. This is a matter of honor. This is a matter of respect. Do you remember those words? How many of you remember the word Honor. How many remember the word respect? Because it, we don't see much of it in our society any longer. We don't see, I'm talking about in the church. Forget about in the world. Honor. Respect. Amen? Amen. So John runs. Of course, he's younger. He gets, there, he gets there quicker. He gets there first. Look, if me and Mikey Jr. there are going to have a race, you don't, don't put your money on me. <laughs> he's going to win. He's going to get there first. Amen. So John gets there first. He stoops in, looks in, but he steps back and he waits for Peter to come out of respect. Verse 6, then Simon Peter came, Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And when he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the rest of the linen cloths, but folded together neatly in a place by itself, Then the other disciple who came in the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. Why? Because of a little thing. Now, I'm going by research. I'm going by study. And we're told, and I know some of you know this very well, and you know exactly where I'm going, that at that time in ancient Israel, the custom was, if you went to someone's house for dinner, and at the end of dinner, you folded your napkin and put it neatly in its place, it signified that you were very pleased and you were coming back again. Let it sink in. The little thing. Say the little thing. Now, unless you do the research, this means nothing. We go, oh, the handkerchief was folded in place by itself. It wasn't messy like some of our rooms are. (laughs) Jesus took the time to send a message to whoever got to the tomb first. I'm pleased and I'm coming back. That built Peter's faith, built John's faith. I would imagine they would have shared it with the others. Are you listening to me? Pay attention to the little faith builders. The things that God does just for us that might not mean anything to anyone else and that he's doing just for you. Let me share with you something that happened in my life here many years ago in this church. Many years ago. It's probably about eight to ten years ago. Maybe more. I was walking over to my office in between services. 
on a Sunday. I'm going to be honest with you, that particular Sunday, I was feeling very down. I'd been under a lot of self-condemnation. I was feeling very inadequate. It was like I, I kept entertaining these thoughts and I was not having any effect on the congregation. I walked to my office. People are behind me. They're leaving from the first service, heading out into the lobby. Right outside my office, a woman I had never seen before, or to my knowledge, never saw again, handed me a little folded note and said, we've never met before. Today I felt led to come to your church. During the service, the Lord told me to give this to you. I went in my office, I opened that note, and it said this, my son, I am well pleased. Keep following my spirit. I am with you. The little thing. The little thing. That note might have meant nothing to one of you. Had she dropped it on the floor and someone else picked it up. But that day, at that time, on any other day, it would have been nice to read, but that day, it was manna. It was like water from the rock. I could tell you I walked into the second service a lot different than I walked out of the first service. Say the little thing. Don't miss out on the little things. We have this tendency to blow off the little things. Everyday faith gets you up in the morning with an expectancy of seeing God do another miracle. And the most exciting thing is this. He does. The everyday little miracles serve as daily reminders, daily confirmations that declare, go ahead, you're in my will, I got you. Yes, you did hear me, I am directing your steps. Remember that he is the God of every day. He is the God of one step at a time. He's the one who calls us to get out of the boat and step out on the water. And he holds these everyday miracles in his hands. Go after them. See yourself every morning getting out of your tent and going out with an expectation in life to go see what manna he's going to provide you with that day. What nourishment, what encouragement, what empowerment. What confirmation is he going to give you? Do it by faith every day, every day. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is Faithful. Faithful. The message translation says it this way. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Faith does not move God to work on our behalf. Faith moves you into position to receive what God has already given you. Every day we're to allow our faith to put us in that position of receiving. Every day. Get out of the tent. Go gather your manna. Every day, build your faith by reading the word, getting your daily reminder that he is faithful. Every day, trust him for what you need. No matter what, no matter what happens, he's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. No matter what your need is, no matter what realm that need is in. Now, your challenge might be spiritual, might be emotional, might be physical, might be material, but whatever it is, it is some, if it's something that concerns you, then it is important to him. Some of us are blocking. We're not receiving the manna 
Because we have no expectancy. We have no expectation. Well, yeah, I know God in the past has worked a miracle for me, but I don't know if it's going to happen today. He daily loads us with blessings. Daily loads, uh, load it. It says, I read, purposely read from the King James Version because it's a continual thing. He daily loadeth uh, continuously. It's almost like, almost like you're carrying a, a, a debit card in your, in, your, in your pocket, and every day he's charging it. Every day he's adding to it. Every day he's putting in that account. But if you don't go to the bank, if you don't pull the card out, if you don't use it, we do without. And it's not his fault. Amen? Amen. 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 Stand up. The primary thing that he has provided for us is salvation. And salvation is received by faith. I'm not going to drag this out. I will say this to you. If you are here tonight and you you are not yet assured of your salvation, you cannot afford to go into tonight, tomorrow, without having that secured. None of us are guaranteed to wake up tomorrow morning. That is the most important thing for you to display your faith because you and I cannot pay for our sins on our own. He is the sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world, was slaughtered, his blood was shed for us. Are you listening to me? When we put our trust in him and in the fact that he shed his blood for us and that he went and sacrificed his life for every single one of us, we receive salvation. He is the sacrifice that not just covers us, but cleanses us. Amen? So if there's anybody here that's never, ha- never prayed a simple prayer to receive that forgiveness, to receive that sacrifice, please, when everyone else is dismissed, come to the front. There's people that will pray with you. But let me pray for all of us before we go. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you will continue to reveal to us the truth about faith how important it is. Father, open up our eyes. Father, cause your word to be illuminated to us. Cause it to explode in our hearts, Lord God, that we would have full understanding of who you are, what you provided for us already, Father. And Lord, I pray that faith would rise up in each and every one of us, that, Father, that four weeks from now when we complete this series, we walk in powerful faith and trust in you. For you, God, are the faithful one. You are the almighty one. There is nothing impossible for you. And we place all of our trust in you for everything that we need in life, Father God. We trust you for our salvation. We trust you for our healing. We trust you for our provision. We trust you for our peace. We trust you, Father, for comfort and for wisdom and for grace. And Lord, I thank you that you're pouring out on an everyday basis into our lives. And we lift our hands up to you right now and we say thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, come on up.